It is a blessing to be here today, and if I couldn't be in heaven, this is the place I'd rather be on Sunday morning. And it's a delight to have you here, some folks here that haven't been able to be here for a while, yay! (laughs) And it's really cool to have all of you here today. Um, We're going to look this morning at Joseph and Mary living by faith. You see on the screen, Luke 1, Matthew 1, Luke 2. That's the order we're going to do it. Uh, that's the chronological order of events. And we're looking at the birth of Christ, but we're looking at it from the perspective of Joseph and Mary. I hope you'll come back tonight at 6 o'clock. We'll have another service to, um, tomorrow night, Christmas Eve. Uh, we'll have a service, and tomorrow night is going to be Praising God from the perspective of men and angel, men, women, and angels, and and rejoicing and praising our God. Uh, so I, I hope you'll be here for that. That'll be a real celebration. Several people will be participating in the service, and and uh, it, it'll be a blessing if you can be here. It'll be a blessing tonight if you can be here. Could be a blessing this morning if you stay awake and pay attention. So, so before we get into the message, would, would you do me a favor? Let's just take a moment to quietly look at God, because one of the most important things we do is prepare ourselves to hear his word and respond to his Holy Spirit. So let's just do that just for a moment, and then I'll lead us in prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. As we think of that bread this morning, what we're crying out for is not food, but the the bread of your word, the, the message that we need to hear. And I know when the Lord taught that model prayer, they were probably thinking about food. And and this morning, we are thinking about spiritual food, that your Holy Spirit and your word would combine in our hearts to draw us closer to you. I thank you for your love, for your grace, for your mercy. I pray that we would not only receive your love, but we would show it to others, that we would show your love and share your truth, that others may know you. Thank you for this opportunity to be in the Word. I pray that you would use this to challenge and encourage us. In Jesus' name, amen. At the end of the service last Sunday, I sat on a stool down there. See what progress? I'm all the way up here. Uh, and, And I challenged you to pray for souls to be saved through the ministry of this church. And hopefully you did last Sunday. And those of you who did, on Monday we had a girl saved at the Good News Club. So praise the Lord for that. Keep praying. We want to see more lives changed by Christ. Uh, Some of you got saved when you were a little kid. You might not remember the transformation in your life, but this you know. God is working in your heart and life. He's not working in the hearts and lives of some people. We need to help them find Christ. So I hope that you will. Hey, are you in Luke chapter 1? Let's start where uh, the angel shows up for Mary, okay? In Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. 
Now in the sixth month, that's the sixth month from when the angel went, the angel talked to Zacharias and Zacharias went home and he and Elizabeth are expecting a son. And and it was miraculous uh, because God restored the capability to have kids. Uh, Elizabeth was well beyond childbearing years and now she's having a kid. And so that was a blessing. And and now the angel, same angel, Gabriel, goes to see Mary. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Just stop and think for a minute. God knows your name. God knows where you live. God knows the significant people in your life. The next verse. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Pause right there a moment. Could an angel say that about you? You have found favor with God. Now, the angel can't say Mary. He could say Terry, but he couldn't say Mary. But he he could say that we have found favor with God or not. We're not going to be like Joseph and Mary, but we can learn from their lives and their circumstances. And just think, are you living in a way that God would find favor in your life. If not, right now, before the end of this message, talk to God about it. Change your ways. Okay, verse number 29. I'm sorry, let's go back. Well, verse number 30. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Uh, Yeshua, the Savior. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And we are part of that kingdom today. We who are in the church of the Lord, we are part of his eternal kingdom Right now, because we have eternal life with him right now. Verse number 34. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? Now, some churches erroneously and falsely teach, this verse teaches, Mary made a vow that she would be a virgin for her whole life. That's not what the Bible says. And when we get into Matthew chapter 1, there's a verse there that's very interesting that we need to think about. Okay, verse number 35. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Now, that's a new phrase. He's always been the Son of God. But he's never been the Son of God in humanity on earth. Now he will be the Son of God on earth. With us, God with us. Excuse me, verse 36. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, your cousin, has also conceived a son in her old age, 
And this is now the sixth month for who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. See, the angel's just saying, look, God has already done one little miracle. He has restored the capacity to have kids to Zacharias and Elizabeth. So because God has already done that miracle, don't doubt that he can do this one. When you and I look in Scripture and we see what the hand of God has done, it should encourage us to trust what the hand of God will do as we walk with him today. And so Mary responds in verse 38, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In your life, do you respond to the word of God with trust and obedience? Uh, Let's go back to uh, Matthew chapter 1. You might want to mark your spot there because you know we're going back to Luke. Okay. Now, as we're looking at the passage we just looked in, in Luke 1, we need to realize that in the history of the world before that time and since that time, no couple has ever faced circumstances like this. No couple. Now, if... in The normal conception creates new life, right? New conception creates new life. But the miraculous virgin conception of Jesus did not create new life, did it? No, the life that already existed, the personhood, the Son of God, stepped into humanity. So it wasn't new life, it was incarnation of the existing eternal Son of God. And it is miraculous And some people really struggle with that. Well, how could a virgin conceive? Well, if you start with Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and you think, you know, with his spoken word, God created life. So, with his spoken word, he created new life inside Mary. Not such a big deal, is it? not for the creator of the universe. So in Matthew chapter 1, something unusual takes place here because most of the time when God speaks to a couple, he speaks to one. In the Old Testament, God spoke to Deborah. And so Deborah, the prophetess, then went and took the message of God to Barak. God didn't give Barak a separate message. There were times when God spoke to the woman. There were times when God spoke to the man. But I think this is probably the only time when God spoke to the woman and the man. Because this was a very unusual thing. And, you know, quite often God will lead a husband to make a decision and the wife, according to God's rules, submits and follows and joyfully serves the Lord in that process. And There's some extenuating circumstances. We won't go into all of those right now. If you have questions, uh, ask my wife. She'll fill you in. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'd be happy to talk with you if you want to know more about how that works. But, But listen, there was a time actually in our marriage where God really burdened my heart for something we needed to do. And I told Kathy, I'm certain this is what we need to do. And she said, well... God hasn't burdened my heart that way. And why doesn't God speak to me? 
And I said, he just did. God spoke to me, and I shared with her. And you know what? She didn't argue and fuss. It was a big move. It was a thousand-mile move. You know what she did? She started trusting the Lord and packing. Not packing. Packing boxes. Okay. I realize we're in Arizona. I've got to clarify that. Okay. But listen, the, 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 this was such a big deal that this time God spoke to her and to him because they both needed to be on the same page. It's a little easier for us to both be on the same page today. We have the revelation of God. They didn't have this. They had parts of this, but not all of this. And so in Matthew chapter 1, the angel shows up and talks to Joseph in a dream. It doesn't give his name. It might have been Gabriel. How many angels are mentioned by name in Scripture? There's Gabriel and Michael and Lo. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. (laughs) Bad joke, bad joke. (laughs) Sorry, my wife's now worried I'm on too much pain med, but all right. um, Matthew chapter (laughs) 1. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. (laughs) Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. In the King James, it says, on this wise And my sister-in-law was in a church service where the pastor's daughter was up sharing scripture as part of the Christmas program they were doing, like some of our kids did last week. And and she said, now the birth of Jesus Christ was unwise. Really stressed her pastor father out by saying instead of, so the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise or as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, Before they came together, their process was, and it was a legal binding commitment to marriage, but they stayed separate for a year normally, and then they were joined together. It was a joining of the two families, and sometimes they really didn't know each other, and that year allowed them to get to know each other before they started living together as husband and wife. Um, because often marriages were arranged by the parents. And uh, I'm glad I didn't have that stress of having to arrange marriages for my kids. But uh, so before they had come together, she's already in a committed legal marriage relationship, but they aren't living together as husband and wife. Then she was found with child. A pause right there. That's all Joseph knew at this point. Now, Matthew adds, of the Holy Spirit, exactly what we just read about in Luke. The Holy Spirit came upon her uh, and overshadowed her and the miraculous birth, conception of Jesus, God the Son into humanity, new, not new life, but a new thing in the history of the world. And so Mary already knows this is real. And she went and saw Elizabeth later in in. Uh, Luke chapter 1, it said that. And so Elizabeth knew this was the Son of God. Joseph didn't know this yet. So what's happening with Joseph? Verse 19, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, a righteous man, and he was also a kind man, 
what would have been the, the biblical, according to the law of Moses, what would have been done to a woman who was expecting a child and she wasn't married? They could stone her to death. Joseph didn't want her put to death. He was thinking about it and not wanting to make her a public example. He didn't want to expose her. This shows a kindness there, a love there. You know, Ephesians 5 says, Husbands are supposed to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. That kind of raises the bar, doesn't it, guys? So I'm not going to ask your wife. I'm going to ask you, are you loving her as Christ loved the church? If not, Christ said, you need to step up here. All right, back to this verse. He was not willing to make her a public example, but was minded. He was thinking about putting her away secretly, privately. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David. This is important. The son of David, Joseph and Mary, were both descendants on the line of David, so the Messiah could come through her and through him. He didn't come through Joseph, but he could have, so that their marriage relationship and when they were married and Jesus was born, then they gave the lineage of the Messiah. That was very important. The Jewish leaders overlooked it and didn't believe on Jesus. At least some of them did not. Um, we know that Nicodemus did, and we know that later on Paul did, but, but some of them did not. And so it was essential that the Christ come from the line of David. And that's exactly what happened. So, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you, marry your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now, in our culture, I've actually known a couple where she was expecting a child from a bad situation, and he knew that, and he loved her and married her and raised the kid as his own, and there was no big deal. In our culture, it's not the same. In their culture... Expecting a child outside of marriage would have hindered his carpentry business. It would have hindered their ability to participate in certain things in the synagogue. It, it would have put them outside the court. He would not have probably been able to stand in the court of the Jewish men at the temple. He would have been in the lesser court. And, and so there were big deals here. Joseph was wrestling with this. He was thinking about this. He was pondering this. This was a huge development. And at this point, he didn't know it was of God. He just knew it had happened. So, verse 20, while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you, marry your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now stop just for a minute. 
If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you experience God with us every day. When Jesus left, he said, I'm leaving the Holy Spirit, the divine comforter, a spirit like me who will be here with you, for you, and in you. So the moment you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, even as a kid, some of those kids over in junior church, they have the Holy Spirit of God in them. They don't always act like it. They don't always follow him. But you and I have the Holy Spirit of God in us too. We have Emmanuel, God with us. That should blow you away and a little bit cause you to tremble. Because you are the holy temple of God with the Holy Spirit of God inside you. Then verse 24, Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. The angel told her, Jesus, that he told him, Jesus would be the name. And Joseph, who would normally have his firstborn son named Joseph, had a son named Jesus, who was not really his son. He was the son of God and the son of Mary. But I'm certain Joseph loved him as his very own. A special thing. So, you know, again, we say in the history of the world, no couple ever faced circumstances like this. Let's go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And we're just going to jump right in the middle of this, just read a couple of verses. Luke chapter 2, verse 3. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was while they were there, the days were accomplished for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. You know, we sometimes get callous about the Christmas story. I mean, Harold, how many times in your life have you heard the Christmas story? Yeah, at least 90 times, right? Uh Harold's in his 90s. Dan Weber loves it when Harold's here because it makes Dan not the oldest guy in the church. Uh, so Harold's heard this for almost 100 years. I'm certain he's heard it more than 100 times because we share it more than once each Christmas season. And we share it at other times too. But we need to remember the miraculousness of this. Here's this young guy, a carpenter. I know some churches teach he was an old man who had other kids and he married Mary. There's no biblical indication of that. The biblical indication is they already had a committed betrothal marriage before she was expecting the Christ. And so they have these dreams of what their life's going to be like. They live in a little town called Nazareth. It was a Roman garrison town. How many of you have ever lived in a small town just outside a military base or on a military base? Yeah, not not good towns, are they? 
You know, the town's right off a military base. You know what they have more than churches? They have bars and strip clubs. More than churches. Any town right off a military base. And so that's, that's the town of, of Nazareth. And they hated the Roman occupation. So most of the people in town were grumpy. Because there was a Roman garrison there in Nazareth. And so they, they didn't like... And here's Mary, this, this woman who loved God. Who God looked upon her and she found favor with God. And this young man who's a carpenter and they want to get married and all of a sudden, whoa, this is different? Yeah, this is different. In the history of the world, no couple ever faced anything like they faced. But see, we can learn from them. Because we actually have divine moments in our days. Not with angels showing up. God speaks to us through his word speaks to us on the inside through his spirit. We have divine moments in our days. We have circumstances that God kind of ordains to move us here, like there was a taxing and a census to raise money, and so they, they had to go register in the city of his birth. He was a descendant of David, so they had to go register in Bethlehem, the city of David's birth. And so they had to go there, and they had to register, and they had to be there, and that Greed of the government, I know it's shocking to think of a government being greedy, but the the greed of the government moved them to the exact spot for God to do the exact thing that Micah had said exactly would happen exactly in that place. And Micah said it 700 years before. God is at work in the circumstances of your life. So, although in the history of the world no couple ever faced any circumstances like that, every believer will face circumstances that demand faith and trust in God. You will not face miraculous conception. You will not have angels talking to you, most likely. Those events took place before the Bible was completed. And so most of the time, God speaks to us directly through his word or through his spirit or through another human being sharing his word. You may be amazed, though, at some of the circumstances God allows in your life. How many of you have ever had a moment where you were surprised? You're going to face temptations. We could go around the room and describe some of the temptations we'd faced in our life, and it would be depressing. We will face hardships. Some of you are facing them right now. Some of you have health issues. You have no idea how it's going to work out. You have financial issues. There is such a burden in your heart, you're desperately trying to trust God. But it's a challenge. You're going to face circumstances that require you to live by faith. That require you to trust God in your heart, in your home, in your job, in your ministry. You're going to have to live by faith. You're going to face moments of faith. And and you're going to learn 
hopefully, from the life of Joseph and Mary, even in the weirdest, strangest, most bizarre, most glorious, most amazing, unusual circumstances, you can be faithful to God. Because we read about another husband and wife who were faithful to God under the most unusual circumstances in the history of the world, at least since creation. So here's what they did that we can learn from, okay? First of all, learn the Scripture. Learn the Scripture. When Mary shares her praise to the Lord, called the Magnificat, it's later in Luke 1. We didn't read it this morning. I'm pretty sure you'll hear it tomorrow night. Uh, She quotes from dozens of Scripture passages. She listened, she thought about it, and now she quotes it. There's some evidence based on the norm of their culture, the norm of the circumstance of where she lived. There's some evidence that Mary was illiterate, unable to read. We don't know that for certain, but that was normal for Jewish women in that culture, in that place, in that day. But she knows God's word. How did she learn it? Maybe her dad read it to their family in the home. Certainly, they learned it going to Sabbath school, going to hear the messages shared in Scripture. And as the the, the Scripture was being read, they didn't just think, oh, they're reading God's Word. She brought it into her heart. And so when she shares that Magnificat, she quotes from dozens of Scriptures in the Old Testament, sharing God's truth in praise to God. And the angel reminded Joseph that he was a son of David. Why was that important? Because Christ had to come through the seed of David. And so the angel reminds Joseph of God's word, and Joseph reflects on God's word and follows in obedience. And you can learn the Bible through deep study and research. You can learn it through repetitive reading and familiarity. I, I know some folks who read through the whole New Testament every month, the whole Bible every year. I don't, but I do read the Bible regularly and consistently. I don't know how many times I've read through it. I, I sometimes read through a different translation, so I think about it differently. And a couple of those translations I've read really aren't very good. But you can learn from repetitive reading and familiarity. You can really listen when the Word of God is taught. We have Sunday school Bible classes going on over here in the morning and and right here. Uh, And Tim was teaching in here this morning and other people were teaching in other rooms over there. And when you're in there, you can learn, you can listen, you can pay attention. When the Word of God is taught and preached, you can memorize God's Word. What's our memory verses? The two memory verses we're working on for December. John 1.1, 1, 1, John 1.14. 1, we, we can memorize God's Word. We can think about it. Secondly, think. Now, I, I had this word come on that way on purpose so that you could see it all coming together, each letter. Can you back it up once, Tim, and see if that'll do it again? Here we go. Woo! Isn't that so cool? The reason I did that particular focus is that's what thinking is. 
It's taking what we learn here, here, and here and fitting it together. And, and wait, when the Bible talks about learning God's Word, one of the things, the images it uses is a library. And how, as a library has books, you go to the library, and there's not just random books in random order. They're sorted, and they're aligned. So the books that fit together are set together, and that's what you need to do in your head. You need to take the stuff and fit it together and put it in your head. Don't just learn random facts to quote and win Bible trivia contests. Fit it together with what you've learned in other places. Let it gel. And see, we know they were both thinkers because Mary asked Gabriel an insightful question. What was it? What was the question she asked Gabriel? How can this be? How can this work? How, how can this happen? She's thinking about it. She's not doubting what God's going to do. She's like, how is this going to happen? And later, after the angels came, she was thinking about it. And it says she pondered it. She really thought about it in her heart, what the shepherds said they heard from the angels. When we're introduced to Joseph, what's he doing? Matthew chapter 1, when Joseph shows up, what's he doing? What was he doing? No, he wasn't sleeping. Here, let me refresh your memory, okay? Um, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, he was thinking it over. He was pondering, he was weighing it, he was thinking he wanted to care for Mary, but he also wanted to not be tainted by Mary. You know, the process going through his head. And the angel gave him the best answer in the world. Mary is righteous before God, you can marry her, you can follow God. And Joseph did, he was happy about that. You need to be a thinker. Don't be superstitious. Think things through. Too many believers have a superstitious understanding of God's Word. They don't think deeply. Don't be shallow. Think it deep. Really reflect on it. Don't just think, oh yeah, Mary had a baby and it was Jesus. Praise the Lord. Think about it. Mary had God inside her. And I have God inside inside me, obviously vastly different way, but I have the Holy Spirit of God in me. When Mary felt those kicks and bumps and stretches, that was the Son of God who loved us so much, he became us so that we could become like him. Think about it. Don't expect to figure it all out. I tell you, one time, Kathy and I were in a preaching event, and this preacher got up, and he had it all figured out. You know, the Bible says in Revelation, there's two witnesses who are going to come up. He knew exactly who those two witnesses were. God didn't share that with us, but he knew. And he had all these answers figured out from the Bible. If somebody tells you they have the Bible all figured out, run away. 
The only one who had it all figured out was Jesus. We're all learning, growing, maturing. So don't expect to figure it all out, but think in faith, by faith. Third thing, trust. Choose to trust. They didn't know exactly what God was doing. They chose to trust him anyway. They didn't have the scriptures to look at. You know, when we're reading and it says um, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit, Joseph didn't know that yet. But they chose to trust. So since the closing of the Old Testament, there was 400 years of silence. How long has America been around? A lot less than 400 years, right? 400 years ago, there was no United States of America. America, the land, was here. 400 years is a long time. Not one word. You know, it's been almost 2,000 years since we've heard from God in a divine revelation. But we can trust what we know. So there was no revelation, no updates, no new news, and suddenly God spoke to his angels, and Joseph and Mary were thrust into the most significant event in human history since creation, eclipsed only by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so they trusted immediately. What was Mary's response? Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. I will do as you say. What was Joseph's response? I love it. Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. Boom. He got up, got married that day. I mean, finished the marriage ceremony that day. Took her home to be with him. Immediate. Trust. You cannot trust unless you're also obeying. There's a song, Trust and Obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. You need to trust God enough, like you trust him with your finances, so you give to the Lord even though you're struggling. You trust him with your heart, so you obey him even when it's awkward. Trust. Third thing, follow. Follow. You need to follow spiritual priorities like they did. They heard God's word. They obeyed God's word. They did what God said. Prior to that, they had found favor with God. They were following spiritual priorities. Once they understood the word, they chose to trust and follow. They didn't have prayer sessions. Did you know it's a sin to pray for God's wisdom in a situation where God has already revealed his truth. I know couples that, that I've known men who they wanted to cheat on their wife, you know, and they were praying, is this God's will? What's the answer? No! God already said no! said, let it not be once named among you. So when God has revealed it in his word, you don't need to pray about it. Just follow it. They didn't seek wise counsel from others. They had God's clear revelation, so they followed. 
God spoke clearly through the angels, and they immediately obeyed and followed through on what the angel said. And after talking with Gabriel, Mary headed to her cousin's house to see that God was doing through Zacharias and Elizabeth, and Joseph immediately went on to finalize the marriage with Mary. He had been pondering, wondering, searching for the right course of action, but as soon as he heard God's word, he followed it. So what will you do? What will you do? What are you doing to learn God's word? Years ago, a friend told me, we need to think about what we think about. That's actually good advice. Think about your thinking. See, see, the way you think actually affects your brain. That's one of the dangers, by the way, of pornography. It rewires the brain. That's one of the the dangers of some of the music people listen to. It creates new synapses in the brain. And so the brain doesn't work the way it used to work. People who use drugs and take alcohol, uh, drink alcohol, it actually affects the brain. Especially um, non-prescription drugs. Uh, Even prescription drugs have an effect. But a brain unused will atrophy, just like any other muscle. I shared with you before, when I was a little kid, I cut the arch of my foot on a broken bottle, and, and it cut all the way up to the bone. And, and so I had to be in a cast for a while, couldn't put any weight on that foot for a while till it healed. And then I got a bad infection, they cut the cast off, and, and uh, it was a mess. So I, I was off of that foot for f- almost four months before I could get the the final cast off. And when they took it off, I've always had skinny legs anyway, but that one was really skinny. And I got it off in the summertime. And from here up and down, I was nicely tanned. And I was pale, bony white. It really looked like a bone sticking out from under my knee. Uh, just pale white, skinny. Why? Because those muscles had not seen the sun or been used in months. Did you know your brain can do that? If all you do is sit around and watch TV, I'm not against TV. I enjoy watching a show every now and then. I'm against a lot of what is on TV, but I'm not against TV in general. Um, But if you're not using your brain, you're losing your brain. And there even people who end up with Alzheimer's, the onset of Alzheimer's can be delayed and the progress can be less if you do exercise to strengthen your brain. So you can read things that stir you up. You can try crossword puzzles or things. You can do things. I don't know what all they are, but you can talk to professionals. They know uh, things you can do to strengthen your brain. I read about a football player. He's doing that because he had multiple concussions in football. And so his brain has blind spots. Like he fussed at his best friend for not being at his wedding. And his best friend said, what are you talking about? I was in your wedding. I was your best man. And the football player had no memory of that guy being at the wedding. They showed him pictures of the wedding. And he said, I have no memory of this because of the severe concussions that he had had. And, but even he is benefiting from doing exercises for the brain. You need to think about what you think about. 
and use your brain so you don't lose your brain. Think about what you can do to show God's love and share God's truth with other people. Um, Because God brings people into your life, and you are God with us. You are God's representative to carry his presence into this community. So are you choosing to trust the Lord? To live by faith? Are you learning from the example Moses, I'm sorry, Mary and Joseph gave us? Actually, Moses was a pretty good example too, just a few thousand years earlier. Are you following the path set by Jesus Christ? Is his living presence real in your heart and your life and your wallet and your priorities and your time and your energy? Father, we thank you for the way you speak to us through your word. We thank you for the opportunities we have to learn and grow. I pray that the people here would really be challenged to live for you, that that we would think about the Lord and think about the obligations that we have and that we can learn and grow. Even when our body starts to fail us and our brain starts to go away, we can slow down the process. And Lord, I pray that we would take serious our responsibility to represent you to the people of this community. Help us to show your love. Help us to share your truth. Help us to share our heart, to give our energy, to love as Christ loved and gave himself for us. May we love and give ourselves for others. Father, if there's one here today who's never trusted Christ, just convict them of their need to trust you. Maybe they've been in church for years, heard hundreds of messages, but today they know they need you. I pray that you would show them. Father, every one of us can make a decision to draw closer to you. I pray that we would not only make that decision, but that we would follow through. In Jesus' name, amen.